0: There were fourteen generations between Father Abraham and King David. Fourteen more generations between David and the Babylonian exile. And fourteen generations later, the great king would be born. A 2,000 year lineage comprised of slaves and kings, heroes, and adulterers, prophets and prostitutes. They were the faithful and the faithless. So what kind of king would this be? While many dreamed of the day this king would come, it began as a real-life nightmare for one man. A good man. God's lot cast upon him. Joseph. 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 I promise you, Joseph, I am telling you the truth.
1: I'm not saying you don't believe it. I'm just saying
0: I don't know if I do. So what are you saying? Take her as your wife. Take her as your wife. She's pregnant! I haven't been with her!
1: The baby's not mine! Take
0: Mary as your wife.
1: can't do this! I don't... I don't want to hurt her. But I... I can't. I'll divorce her. Joseph,
0: you are a descendant of David. Your ancestors have taken great steps of faith. And now, it is time for you to step out. Take Mary as your wife.
1: But the baby is what is
0: conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It is prophecy fulfilled. Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel.
1: Emmanuel.
0: God with us.
1: God with us.
0: Emmanuel. Messiah! (gasps) A dream, a heavenly visitation, and what was distressing became a blessing. A blessing that would challenge Joseph's faith, demand every ounce of his character, and forever alter the course of his life. What kind of king would this be? Matthew chapter
1: 1. Matthew chapter 1. We're looking at Christmas calls. Last week, we were calling Zachariah and Elizabeth, and nightfall of Joseph. I wanted you to see that video just to get an idea of what Joseph might have gone through. And You know, sometimes we have our major scene, our little porcelain display, and it's all clean and neat and tidy, but Joseph must have had a real hard time with this. It would have been difficult for him. As a matter of fact, an angel had to come and convince him, and so I hope that that would paint a little picture for you as we look at the scripture tonight, and we look at the calling of Joseph, the calling of Joseph. Joseph is an interesting character in the Bible story. As a matter of fact, less is said about Joseph than any other character in the entire Bible when it comes to the the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. And he called his name Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the season and a reminder to us. And Lord, it seems like Christmas season gets longer and longer every year, it starts earlier. And Lord, I'm thankful for that. It's a wonderful time of year. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, not just now, but each and every day to remember that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And took on flesh, Lord, that he might come and walk among us. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father. And one day he would give his life for us. Father, we are thankful and we praise you and glorify your name tonight. Father, I need your help for the next few moments. Lord, as we look into the word of God and the calling of Joseph, the earthly father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, may you fill each one of us with your spirit that we might have hearing ears ready to apply God's truth. And Father, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you imagine some of the problems that Joseph must have been struggling with I saw that little video earlier this week. We're preparing for Thursday night. I would encourage you to come on Thursday night. We're having a little bit different Master Club's time together. We're going to meet in the auditorium about five after seven when all the buses are in. And taking our attendance. We'll come in here and we'll have a little Christmas carol sing together with the kids. And we're going to have some Bible time together. And I was looking for a video that I might share with them. And that one struck me as I saw the struggle that Joseph was having. The part that caught my attention is right near the beginning where he first goes into his dream and you'll see that he's speaking with Mary and he says, I know you believe it. I just don't know if I can. It was unbelievable, wasn't it? It'd be one thing for a young lady to go and tell the one that that loved her so dearly enough to ask her to be his wife to say, I'm expecting a child. I'm sure that's not the first time, nor the last time that that has happened in the course of history. But to make up some lie that an angel appeared unto me and I was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and this child that I'm carrying is the Son of God. I don't believe it's a lie and you don't believe it's a lie. But Joseph must have wondered. And so sometime later, after struggling with this and what to do and had already come to some decisions, an angel came to him in a dream. The angel of the Lord, the Bible says. This is Joseph, fear not, take Mary to be thy wife. For that child that is conceived within her is of the Holy Ghost. And it is the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. What a wonderful story. But sometimes what is lost in all of that story is some of the things that Joseph was called to do. Do you understand verse 24? If you'll mark that in your Bibles, we'll look at it in a few moments, but just glance at it quickly. In verse 24, Joseph made a decision that changed his life forever. The Bible says when he awoke from the dream, he did what the Lord commanded him to do. And by that simple act of obedience, by getting up and taking Mary to be his wife, his life would be forever changed. I want you to notice tonight, and perhaps we could draw more from the scripture, but I'm just going to give you three calls very quickly. I understand what, uh, what, what we've been doing this weekend, and I know that a lot of people are tired, and so we won't keep you very long. But I want you to notice, first of all, that Joseph tonight was called to sacrifice without reservation. To step out by faith and to trust God and to make some sacrifices in his life. And as we consider the sacrifices that he might have made, we think, first of all, that he sacrificed his reputation. Think about what was going on here. His fiance was pregnant. We know that Mary left for a time, that she went off into the hill country and spent some time with her 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 cousin Elizabeth and and when she found Elizabeth, Elizabeth was already expecting John the Baptist and the Bible says as Mary walked into the room that the, the little baby John leapt within her room for excitement and Elizabeth began to prophesy over Mary knowing that the one that she carried was the Holy One of God, the Messiah and of course Mary repeats uh, back to her, that great psalm of scripture that we read, the song of Mary, as some have called it. And, and, and so we know that she went away for a while, but I imagine questions begin to come up. Joseph, where's Mary? We haven't seen her for a while. There's some rumor going around that she's up in the hill country, and word has got back that maybe she's expecting a child. There's something showing She hasn't been well in the mornings. And things are changing in her life. And Joseph, is that why she went away? She can have a baby over there, then come home. Maybe somebody else, maybe Elizabeth will raise that child. She could never have a child. And maybe Joseph's reputation was called into question his character perhaps was being attacked and his fiance, after all was expecting a child and the only answer that he could give was well let me tell you what happened one night the holy ghost conceived a child within her not even joseph believed it at first The Bible says he was not willing to make her a public example, but instead he was gonna put her away privily. If he believed what Mary told him, that would have never happened. But he was willing to put her away for the shame and the embarrassment. He had to sacrifice his character. In all honesty and in our culture it's very different today we 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 don't we think of a divorce is as, as a sin and we, we we try to avoid that at all costs if we possibly can and we understand in our society the the breakdown of families and marriages because sin is is very rampant in our society but in those days it would have been more honorable for Joseph to put her away she had shamed him she had embarrassed him As a matter of fact, according to the customs and the laws of the day, he could have stoned her for adultery. But he loved her. And he was willing to sacrifice his very reputation to take her to be his wife. Old people would talk, wouldn't they? You want to believe they would, they still do today. Some would think that perhaps they behaved inappropriately before they were married, and others, even worse, may have thought... This isn't Joseph's baby at all, that she had been with some other man. Joseph's character would have been under attack, but he was willing to sacrifice his reputation. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus Christ sacrificed his reputation? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that he was made of no reputation. And he took upon himself the form of a servant. That's what Joseph did. That's what we are called to do be servants and not worry about our reputations all the time. Listen, I, I think it's important that we worry about our testimonies. There's a difference between a testimony and a reputation, and a reputation is when we're worried about being the best at something or to excel in some field and in some area. And I, I think it's wonderful if you have a good reputation in the, uh, in the field of service that you have chosen or maybe in some other calling or venue. It's, it's good to have a good reputation, but it's so much more important to have a good testimony. A testimony is how you represent Jesus Christ. But the Bible says Jesus made himself of no reputation he humbled himself and became like a servant and became obedient unto the death of the cross. Here's a principle for you tonight. We will never sacrifice for God if we are continuously worried about our reputation. What I mean by that is if you're worried about what everybody else is always thinking about you or saying about you, you'll never take a big step for God. You'll never step out by faith. Can you imagine if Joseph listened to all the naysayers? If he was concerned about his reputation, he'd have never taken Mary to be his wife. I imagine his own family likely tried to discourage him. But he was a call to sacrifice without reservation. He sacrificed his reputation, he sacrificed his refuge. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 24, we read that um, uh, Joseph arose from his dream and he obeyed the angel of the Lord and he did exactly what God wanted him to do. And from that very moment, his life changed. Any father wants to give their wife and their child a safe place to live. But that was not the case for Joseph, was it? The Bible tells us a few months later they would make the trip because of a decree by Caesar Augustus to Bethlehem, the house of David, where uh, Joseph was, of course, of the family of David. And there they would be taxed. The wise men unwittingly told Herod that the Christ child was born, the king of the Jews. But being warned in a dream, Joseph took his little family and fled into Egypt. Egypt to avoid the soldiers and their swords that would kill all the children under two years of age. From Egypt, they would wait until the king would die and they would settle back into the land in the little town of Nazareth. But for many years, they were not safe. They fled Roman soldiers. They went into a foreign land. This is not what Joseph had ever planned when he decided to have a family but he was willing to sacrifice his refuge. Here's another good principle of scripture. If we're going to do something for God, sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone. It's not always the, the, uh, uh, the perceived safest thing to do, but when we are in the hands of God and being obedient to God, it is the absolute right and safest thing to do. The Bible says that God will never leave us nor forsake us and we can trust him and we must step out by faith and get out of our Comfort zone and not worry about security, but instead we must sacrifice. He sacrificed his reputation. He sacrificed his refuge. He sacrificed the routine. I, I don't know about you, but I like a routine. Do you like a routine? And sometimes we get tired because we get out of our routine. We've been out of our routine this last couple of weeks, haven't you? I, I mean, we we've been trying to have uh, dinner with somebody. And uh, we said, "Well, let's see." Monday night we got choir. Tuesday night we got this. Wednesday night we got church. Thursday nights master clubs. Friday nights dress rehearsal. Saturday nights cantata. Sunday mornings cantata. Sunday nights, you know what I mean? The routine's gone, and boy, it kind of worn down. How many? How many of you like your lazy boy once in a while? Hey, bad. I tell my wife. I said, my favorite night of the week is Sunday night at about seven thirty. Not because I didn't enjoy church, but because I'm just tired. I like to go home and I like to pull my feet up and we just kind of crash. We don't eat anything healthy on a Sunday night. Amen. Our favorite supper on a Sunday night is nachos and salsa. That's what we do. I married a Mexican. We have nachos and salsa. We like that, and so, uh, but that that's routine. But you take away our routines, and boy, we get worn down, don't we? get run ragged if Joseph thought his life was going to be routine he was sadly mistaken his life drastically changed he probably had great plans well, I'm going to open a carpenter shop right here in Nazareth and we'll settle down with Mary and we'll have four children two boys and two girls and we'll build a nice little home on the edge of town and we'll have a little business and God will just bless us and we'll have just a great life no there was no routine Here's what I'm saying is that sometimes if we're going to do something great for God, we have to give up our own personal ambitions. We have to give up our own agenda. And we have to trust God that He has a plan for life. And, and I want you to notice that Joseph had already taken the time to consider the, deci- uh, the situation. He had even come to a decision. He said, I'm going to put her away privily. He had reservations. He was thinking about this sacrifice. Should I take Mary? She's been unfaithful. She's carrying a child that's not mine. Oh, he had reservations, I'm sure, and he came to the decision. I love her, and I don't want to embarrass her, so I'll just divorce her quietly, and nobody will have to know. But then we read verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, Did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. The reservations were gone. No more talk of divorce, no more fear of the future. Instead, he just stepped out by faith and he trusted God. I want you to notice, first of all, tonight that the call of Joseph was a call to sacrifice without reservation. I want you to notice, secondly, and here's a great principle for us to learn it was a call to serve without recognition. It was a call to serve without recognition. Let me say this about the Christmas cantata. There was more work put in by people you don't see than people you ever see. And that's often true with a lot of things. We see master clubs and we get a final number in the bulletin and it says, we had 254 on Thursday nights. You know, there's a lot of work going on about people that don't ever seek recognition. Brother Baker has the privilege of once in a while getting up and talking about master clubs and we have a, the award ceremony, maybe he'll get up and, and, and MC that for the night and we'll have some other things. Let me tell you, there's a lot of work going on that Brother Baker doesn't do. And I, I don't say that to put him down, he works very hard at what he does. But what I'm saying is uh, there's a lot of people that are are called to serve without recognition that faithfully put in some time. And we see in the life of Joseph, it was was a call to serve without recognition. Consider Joseph with me tonight for a moment. Joseph really was second to Mary, wasn't he? When we think about the great faith in the Bible and those that stepped out and trusted God, we often will think of Mary before we ever think of Joseph. Mary was the one that was highly favored among men women by God. She was the one that was handpicked of God and, and, and never questioned. She didn't have the same reservations Joseph did. She wasn't thinking about divorce. She said, just let it be unto thine handmaid as thou hast said. She just trusted God. Joseph also was second certainly to Jesus Christ. We think of Christmas, we sing all the carols we sang tonight about Jesus and that holy night that Jesus came. And rightfully so, he is to have the preeminence in the church and he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. But the I'm, point I'm making to you is that Joseph kind of served without recognition. He just went about his business. It was likely Joseph with his wife that was in labor, He was the one that cleaned the manger up and got it ready. You know, the manger doesn't look a thing like the one that you put together on your mantle, right? Boy, even the cows got a smile on their face in those mangers that you got, don't they? And the manger's all neat and tidy and there's a halo around the baby Jesus. You got one of those? You've seen the pictures. You know what I'm talking about. But it wasn't like that. Joseph was kicking the sheep out of the way and pushing the cows to the side and trying to clean up the the mess on the ground and getting some fresh straw. Where could he find some clean straw and make a bed and trying to, and probably the whole time apologizing to his wife. I'm a terrible husband. We're out here in a barn. We're out here in a stable. Mary, I should have done better. Our baby's gonna be born tonight and this is the best I can do. He was a servant. And he cared for Mary and he cared for that baby and he did it without recognition. Let me ask you this. If I were to ask you to give me five things about the life of Joseph, could you do it? He lived in relative obscurity. As a matter of fact, when later in Jesus' life and Joseph is gone off the scene, we assume that he has died. They didn't even use his name. They said, Is not this the carpenter's son? Joseph was just a footnote in history by that point. But he served without recognition. Listen, that's the kind of servants we need to be. Not concerned about the favor of men or the applause of the the masses, but instead we want to please and get the smile of God. Think about this. I just had this thought this afternoon and it just blessed my heart. You know, when we get to heaven, what we really want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Do you know there's one person in heaven that every once in a while I just have a feeling that Jesus looks at him and says, hey, dad, how you doing? What a reward. Nobody else on the face of the earth had Jesus called him dad. Dad. That's what we labor for, to have that kind of relationship with God, that he'll say, well done, thou faithful. Are you serving for recognition? The Bible says this, and it just popped in my mind, so I don't have the reference for you, but the Bible says when we seek the applause of man, you have your reward. That's it. And if that's good enough, if that's what you want, fine, take it. Boy, don't you want a crown in heaven? Don't you want to hear that voice of the Savior that says, you've been faithful? Well done. I want you to notice thoroughly tonight, it was a call to sacrifice without reservation. It was a call to serve without recognition, but it was a call to submit without realization. Let me explain what I mean by that. This is an an important thing to me anyway. Consider everything that Mary and Joseph had endured the shame, the ridicule, the reproach, the laughter, the scorn. I mean, this was, this was an unusual thing 2,000 years ago for a woman to be expecting a child before she was married, and I'm sure that they were looked down upon and embarrassed, and it was a difficult time, and you know, Joseph could go around and tell everyone, but the, the child was conceived by the Holy Ghost, but who's going to believe it? He could insist that that child was the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, but who's going to listen to that? He sacrificed his reputation. He sacrificed a normal life. He he couldn't live in safety. He was fleeing from wicked kings and all of these things, but then something happened. The Bible tells us about a time when Jesus was 12 years old. You remember that they went up to the temple with a group of people and as they left the temple, I suppose Mary thought that Jesus was with Joseph and Joseph thought that Jesus was with Mary. Maybe as some of us sometimes do, they paired off with their friends and Joseph was catching up with the fellows and Mary with the ladies or maybe they were together and they thought Jesus was back with some teenage boys having a good time. But whatever the case, they left him. They returned to the temple when they discovered their error and they found Jesus Ministering and lecturing with the Pharisees and the ministers of law there and answering their questions. But there's another interesting fact about that story. It's the last time we ever hear anything about Joseph. Sometime between the age of Jesus, being the age of 12, and the age of 30, when he's baptized by John the Baptist, it is very likely that Joseph has passed away. We don't have proof. I can't see them getting divorced. If he wouldn't divorce his wife for being pregnant before they are married and coming up with a story that she was conceived of the Holy Ghost, he's not going to divorce her later. I can't imagine that happening to this family. So it's very likely Joseph has died. Here's the point I want to make to you tonight. Mary would soon after the baptism of John go to a wedding in a town called Cana. They would run out of wine. And she'd go to her son, Jesus. And she'd say, they've ran out of wine. You know how moms can put the guilt trip on you, right? She didn't have to ask him to do anything. She just told him the problem. He said, woman, what have I to do with thee? My time has not yet come. But there must have been something in his eyes that tipped Mary knowing her son well enough that he was about to do something. So she turned to the others. she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Jesus said, get some water pots and fill them with water and when they poured out the water, it turned to wine. At that very moment, there must have been a bunch of friends, loved ones, family members that were at that wedding and looked at Mary and went, she was telling the truth. For 30 years... She's been telling us as she conceived by the Holy Ghost. Now, we let it go a long time ago, but she was telling the truth. There's something special about her son. He's performing miracles. Here's the point. Joseph never got that privilege. Joseph was asked to trust God without ever seeing the realization of his faith. He died never having seen a miracle, never knowing the fulfillments of the prophecy, knowing that his son was special, that an angel had told him he was Emmanuel God with us, knowing he was the Christ, the Messiah, the very Son of God, but he never saw it fulfilled in his life. Perhaps at Joseph's funeral, a few walked by the funeral casket and said, the poor deluded fool, he believed that story his whole life. He went to his grave thinking Jesus was something special. But he was. Mary got to see the realization of her faith. But Joseph never did. Can I tell you this? We are called to simply submit in faith to God. God whether or not we'll ever realize it to be true. That's what real faith is, isn't it? Do we live by faith or are we to live by sight? Do we believe without seeing? Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and we'll notice something in conclusion tonight. Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse eight. Also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him of as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky a multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Now notice verse 13. These all died in faith. Look at the next phrase. Not having faith received the promise but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. It would be wonderful if we could live like Mary and tell the world, this is my son that was conceived by the Holy Ghost. He is the Messiah, the Christ. Christ the son of god. And then one day people see him walk on the water. And people see him cast out demons and people see him raise the dead and heal the sick. And Mary can say I told you so. But it's far more important to live like Joseph. To say God, I'm going to believe you and trust you and I'm going to tell the truth even if I'm mocked and scorned and embarrassed. I'm going to stick with you, God, even though I'll never see the realization of my faith. That's what Abraham and Sarah did. They never, they never received the promise. They never, they never saw that city, which but they believed it, and they saw it afar off. And not only that, the Bible says they embraced it like it was real. Look back at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That means it's, it's so real to us that it's tangible. Let me ask you this tonight. Here's, here's a good example, I think. How many of you believe in heaven? Amen? Raise your hand. Do you believe in heaven? Now let me ask you this. How many of you want to go right now? Ooh. yeah. But there ought to get to a point where heaven gets so real that you don't fear death. That you just say, "Hey, I'm I'm just ready to go." I'll close with this. Years ago, our friend Minnie Pearl, she was dying of pancreatic cancer. So we went down for a quick visit. We drove the thousand miles to Springfield, Missouri, in one day, and we spent two days with her. And we drove the thousand miles back on the Thursday. Left on a Monday, came back on a Thursday. Spent two days with her, and on Wednesday night, we were saying goodbye. we were going to leave pretty early in the morning. and my wife went over to give her a hug, and she was kind of crying. And she said this, "Don't you cry at my party. I'm going home." That's the kind of faith that Joseph had to have. He arose from a dream, and he did exactly what God wanted. He followed the calling for his life and exhibited incredible faith. We sure don't know a lot about him, but he trusted God. And because of it, his name's recorded by the Holy Spirit in the eternal word of God forever settled in the heavens. One day we'll get to meet him. And I think there's a special place. I don't know why I think that, but I think I don't have a Bible scripture proof, and so you can call it heresy if you want, but I think Joseph is probably honored by his son Jesus. And when you get to heaven and say, Joseph, when, I, when, we get, when, when we think about Joseph, we think about the guy with the colorful coat, don't we? Because there's 20 chapters in the Bible about him. But when we get to heaven and say, where's Joseph? I think they know who you're talking about. It's a guy that, because of his faith, changed history when he embraced the Christ child as his own. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Spoke to my heart. Challenged me tonight. Just thinking about Joseph and his life and how he just stepped out by faith and trusted you with a plan that seems absolutely ridiculous to man. That God would implant a child in a woman's womb and this man was supposed to believe that she had been faithful and take her as his wife and raise that Christ child. God, thank you for that challenge. Help us to have that kind of faith. Help us to follow your calling for our life without reservation. Help us, help us to be servants, to be sacrificial. Lord, just to trust you and submit to your leading. Father, bless us in this invitation time. Speak to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may stand to your feet if you would with me tonight, please. If God has spoke to your heart, our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, the altar's open, you step out and come and do business with God. Would you surrender like Joseph did? Would you surrender like Mary did? She just said, let it be under thine handmaid. Just whatever you want, God.